If you have your Bibles this evening, you can open them to the Gospel of Matthew and uh, chapter 16 this evening. Matthew 16 in the Word of God. I want to minister a sermon that I've entitled Cast Down But Not Destroyed. Hallelujah. Cast Down But Not Destroyed. Tonight, we're involved in a fight, and there are very high stakes involved in this fight. You know, people get excited to. When the lottery goes into the millions, amen. Hey, it's you know five million dollar jackpot. Everybody lines up uh, because they want to hit that jackpot. Uh, there's a lot at stake in their mind, but I want to declare to you tonight: there's more at stake in life uh, than losing the jackpot, than not hitting the lottery. What is at stake in the battle that you and I are involved in tonight is our souls. And that is a priceless thing tonight. You cannot put a price on, on a man's soul. The Bible says, what shall a man offer to God for redemption of another? There's no price that can be paid. But the battle that we're involved in tonight, there's an enemy of our soul. And he seeks to rob our souls and to damn us for all of eternity. So what is at stake tonight is our souls. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gain the entire world and lose his soul? And he is trying to focus us in on what is important in life. What have you really profited? If you gain the entire world, you've got your bank account full, you've got your 401k full, but when you go into eternity, <coughs> God says to you like he did the man who built bigger barns, says I'll just stash more, I'll build bigger barns, and I'll take ease. In other words, he began to neglect his soul and the voice from heaven said thou fool for tonight your soul is required and whose things will those be amen so what's at stake tonight is our souls this is what we're fighting for tonight the souls of humanity the bible tells us very clearly the devil comes to kill to steal and destroy and that is all aimed at the spiritual you. The devil knows that your flesh is going to rot in the ground. He knows that. He's not aiming at your flesh. He'll use it against you. But what he's aiming at is our soul. He wants to steal that. He has already caused angels to be reserved and changed for judgment. And he wants to put you and I in that same place tonight. So the soul is what is at stake in this battle. But the good news is, in this fight, God is on our side. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We read the book, in the end we win. Hallelujah. So the good news is, God is fighting with us. And as it has been said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Uh, you and I can win this battle, but we have to have the revelation that God is with us and is going to help us because it is a battle and there will be fights there'll be skirmishes there'll be victories and there'll be defeats but we must soldier on 
that we would have the great victory that God wants for us. Amen. Let's read tonight Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 through 18. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus spoke these words about the church. That word, that word church is ecclesia, or the called out, or those who are called out to gather together for the purposes of God. So when Jesus is addressing the church, he's not talking about the building. Those are, there are some beautiful church buildings, but he's talking about the people. Those who were called out to follow God. That's what he says. I'm going to build that and the gates of hell, which represents the power in, in biblical sense. The gates were a place of authority and power. He said all of the authority of hell is not going to stop me from building my church. Hallelujah. So let's look to first at the foundational Peace. Hallelujah. The foundational peace. If we're going to be victorious in life, we must have in place the foundational peace called salvation. Amen. The foundational peace called salvation. Jesus had asked the disciples a question in our text before this. He had asked them, hey, who do men say that I am? And they came up with all of these different answers. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're that prophet. And they had all their responses. And then Jesus breaks it down to them. And he comes at them in a personal way. Because our God's a personal God. He says, okay, uh, that's what people are saying. I am, but who do you say I am? And this is the question that you and I will have to settle in our minds. Who do we say he is? And uh, the Bible uh, says that the only one to begin to speak up was Peter. He's the one that's recorded saying, Lord, no, you're not John the Baptist. You're not Elijah. You're not that prophet. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You're the promised one. And Jesus' response to Peter is, you're blessed, Peter, because flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. In other words, God has spoken a revelation into your life. And you're blessed now because now that is the foundational part of the Christian life. This is something that you can build upon. That's what Jesus says, in fact. Amen. I'm going to build upon this. And so Jesus says, Peter, you've got a revelation from heaven. We need a revelation from heaven. Coming to the knowledge of who Jesus is is necessary if we're going to have a victorious Christian life. John eight twenty four. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sin. This is Jesus talking to the people. See, listen, 
You can reject me if you want to. That's totally up to you. But what I'm telling you is, if you don't receive me for who I am, which is the Messiah, then you're going to die in your sins. You got you, you listen, this is a very heavy hit, heavy hit he's giving them. This is not a multiple choice. He said, I'm it. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, I'm the door that leads to eternity. And if you don't believe I am who I said I am, then you're going to die in your sins. There's no other way to have your sins forgiven than to trust in Jesus Christ. No other way. You can try all of the magic potions of man. You can try all the religious calisthenics uh, that man will have you do. Uh, you know, wash this, drink that, wear this. Uh, all of these. None of it will forgive your sins. The only way to have your sins forgiven is to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that he's the Messiah. And Jesus tells them very plainly, listen, it's up to you. But I'm telling you, if you don't believe upon me, you're going to lose your soul in eternity. So this foundational piece is called salvation. Salvation is what allows you and I to enter into the plan of God. I believe God has a plan for every life. Even the quote-unquote unexpected. You know, you know, people say, well, he was unexpected. We didn't know we were going to have it. Well, listen, uh, maybe unexpected to you, but not to God. Hallelujah. There's a plan for every life. And uh, salvation allows us to enter into the plan of God. Because before salvation, how many know we're doing our own plan? We got our own blueprint. We got our own strategy. We're not concerned about the will of God. We're not concerned about destiny in God. We're doing our own thing. But when we come to Jesus Christ and we're born again, what happens is it connects us to the will of God. And now we can enter the plan that God had for our life. That's tremendous tonight. Because I tell you what, God's plans are a lot better than our plans. Hallelujah. I can guarantee you that. Luke twelve thirty two. This gives us God's position on us. Fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. He's saying to you and I, listen, don't fret. Uh, don't get all stressed out. God's desire, God's pleasure, God's plan is to give you the kingdom. To give you the victory. To give you the heart's, his heart, your heart's desire. God is with us. He's for us. And Jesus is telling his disciples, fear not. Don't worry about the enemy. God's got this covered. You simply got to stay in the will of God. You've got to stay connected to the plan of God. And this will allow you to have the kingdom of God at work in your life. When Peter put this foundational piece in his life, when he says, Thou art the Christ, you're the Son of the living God, Jesus told Peter, I will build on that, and the very powers of hell will not stop what I want to do in your life. Amen. That's for all of us tonight. Hallelujah. Not just Peter, but for everyone who gets that revelation. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, thou art Peter, and I will build upon that revelation. 
in that scripture where he says, Thou art Peter, uh, and upon this rock, the first uh, word he uses rock is Petros, and that means a small stone. I will build upon this rock. And then the next time he uses the word rock, he used the words Petra, which means a large amount of rocks. In other words, Jesus is telling Peter, you got a little bit going on. You got a little revelation. That's great. But what I'm going to do in your life is even greater than that. I'm going to build something tremendous in your life. And though hell might not like it, it is still going to be done. Because how many know God isn't concerned with the devil doesn't like? Amen. The devil says, I don't want you saving these people. God says, shut up. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, Peter, that small revelation you have now that I'm the Christ, that little rock of a revelation you have, I'm going to build a Holy Ghost mountain on that and use your life. Glory to God. So let's talk then about living under pressure. Hallelujah. If you haven't lived under pressure yet, amen, you just stick around a little while and you'll start to feel some pressure in this world. Diamonds are formed deep below the earth's surface under great pressure and extensive heat. That's what forms diamonds. And that's why you have to dig down to find them. Amen. Uh, you don't find diamonds just hanging on trees. You have to, you have to mind, uh, dig down for diamonds. Now, I know today they're making synthetic diamonds, man. He's making things that look like diamonds. But it's all fake news, amen. Everything man tries to do to imitate God is fake. Hallelujah. But diamonds are formed deep in the heart of the earth under great pressure and tremendous heat. That's where the diamond comes from. And so we love diamonds the way they look. But that happens under pressure. And so as you and I live for God, God wants to make us diamonds in his kingdom. Which means we're going to have to live under some pressure and under some heat. Hallelujah. Titus 2.14 says this. Who gave himself for us, talking about Jesus, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. And so Jesus saved us with the purpose in mind of making us a peculiar people. That word peculiar means strange or unusual. And this goes back to the diamond. There are no two diamonds that look alike. Because every diamond is formed under different pressures, for different, uh, under different heat, uh, for different amounts of time. And that pressure and heat in different areas uh, forms these diamonds. So no two diamonds look alike. Because everything is different. So tonight as God is working in us, he saved us for making for the, the purpose of making us a unique and peculiar treasure to him. And so we connect that with the diamond. That means that the Christian life is going to come under pressure and heat. So we're going to have to feel this pressure and feel this heat. If we're going to become a peculiar people with God. 
When we give our lives to Jesus, right after that, the world begins to apply pressure. <laughs> begins to apply pressure and heat to your decision for Jesus. It starts out with a mocking. Oh, now you're one of those Jesus people, huh? You're one of those holy rollers, huh? Yeah, 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 we heard all about you down there. And all the pressure begins to come down on your life. And then there's the heat of rejection. We don't want you at our gathering. We don't want to hang around with you. You're a downer. You're a bummer, man. We don't want to deal with you and that Jesus stuff. And there's the rejection and the heat of isolation and of loneliness because we no longer fit into the world because God is making us a peculiar treasure. Hallelujah. This pressure is applied, the world applies this pressure, not in the hopes of making us a diamond, but the world applies this pressure in the hopes of breaking us. That's why the devil's applying pressure. He's not trying to help you, he's trying to break you. You read some of the stories in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. The things believers went through because they would not renounce Christ. You can look in history through the Spanish Inquisitions, where the uh, Catholic Church began to rise up um, and put pressure on believers to renounce Christ and put their trust in the Pope, uh, and the great pressure that came upon them to break them. This is what the devil wants to do in every generation. Anyone who deserve, uh, decides to serve Jesus, the pressure comes down on you for the purpose of breaking you, and they will say to them in the Inquisition, renounce Christ and live. <laughs> the devil's still saying that today. Renounce that Christian stuff, forget that stuff, and I won't bother you anymore. I'll let you live a good life, no pressure. The pressure from hell is designed to break us. And the reality is, uh, sometimes it works. Amen. Sometimes it works. Matthew 26 is a portion of time where Peter has uh, followed Jesus into the, uh, the, the, the judgment hall. All the other disciples had already fled, but at least Peter, Peter began to follow closely, and he's there warming his hands on the fire, uh, trying to stay close to Jesus to see what is going to happen. And the pressure begins to be applied to his life. Um, in Matthew 26, uh, verse 69 and 70, Peter was sitting in the courtyard. This is out of the God's Word translation. A female servant came to him and said, You, too, were with Jesus of, Gal uh, of the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of them all by saying, I do not know what you're talking about. So here he is, uh, he's trying to live for Jesus, it's getting difficult, and the pressure and the heat is turned up. Hey, weren't you with that guy from Galilee? 
Weren't you with that rebel rouser, the one that they're about to put to death right now? Aren't you one of his followers? And the pressure and the heat is turned up on Peter. And he says, nah, I don't know the man. I know not the man. I don't know what you're talking about. Hallelujah. But the pressure gets turned up even more. Verse 71. As he went to the entrance, another female servant saw him. She told those who were there, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, Peter denied it and swore an oath, I do not know the man. You know, it's like, you know, he put his hand on the, if they had a Bible back there, put his hand on the Bible and said, I don't know this Jesus. <laughs> the pressure's turned up. The heat is turned up. The devil wants to break him. He's not trying to make him a peculiar treasure. He's trying to rob his soul. And Peter is feeling the pressure and the heat. And as you and I live for God, the same will happen to us. The pressure will turn up. The heat will intensify. All designed to make you break. Beloved, I've seen people over the years break because of the heat and the pressure. Today they've lost their destiny. Today they've gone back into sin. So the devil keeps turning up the heat, keeps applying more pressure. We go to verse 73. After, and after a little while, the men standing there approached Peter and said, It's obvious you're also one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then Peter began to curse and swear with an oath, I do not know the man. Just then the rooster crowed. He's under great pressure now. The devil's turning up the heat, turning up the heat, turning up the pressure to the point where Peter breaks. How do we know he break? He broke. He began to use foul language. <laughs> began to curse. See, whenever the devil gets a hold of your tongue, he'll, he'll make you curse. <laughs> Peter had been with Jesus for three years. He hadn't been cursing. He'd been living for God. But now when the heat is turned up, the pressure's turned up, and he can't bear it, he breaks, and hell reaches in and begins to use his life. He begins to curse and swears again, I don't know this man Jesus. I never saw him before. Hallelujah. The devil desires to break us. That's what the pressure and the heat is all about. Hallelujah. Peter broke under the pressure. He melted under the intensity of the heat. Began to use foul language and denied Christ again. And then we read... Matthew twenty six seventy five. Then Peter went outside and cried bitterly. See, when the devil breaks, the reality, man, I I blew it. I blew it. I failed Jesus and Peter. He's he's weeping. These are not just tears. This, this is the weeping of the soul. I believe, man. He's feeling this. 
The one who called me and was using me. The one who invested in my life. The one who healed my family members. I've denied him with an oath. I begin to curse a man. And as he realizes how he is broken, it weeps, it breaks him. Amen. And the Bible says he goes up and he weeps bitterly. When we feel that we have failed, the Savior, our soul weeps. We feel broken. And all we want to do is get out of the presence of God. The Bible says Peter went out. Jesus was there. Laid eyes upon him instead of him going to him and said, Lord, listen, I, I blew it, amen. But he goes the other way, he goes out. Because when we feel that we failed God, we just want to get away from the presence of God. The last place I want to go is that church. The last place I want to go is to the altar. I've got to get away from that. I have broken under the pressure and my soul is weeping. Soul is weeping. Hallelujah. But I want to declare to you tonight we can be cast down, but not broken. That's what I want to look at tonight. Cast down, but not broken. Because every one of us, at some area, some point, some degree, will break under the pressure. Hallelujah. I remember I'm serving God in the home church just a number of years ago. It's a guy who's coming to church. I know him well. He'd been saved a number of years as well. And I'm going uh, one day, I'm pulling into a parking lot. Uh, and I see him. I, I'm not sure what happened, but he's out of the car uh, and he's cursing at someone. You're blind, you're blind. I'm thinking, what in the world? Where did that come from? He broke under the pressure. I don't know what happened, uh, but he broke. And see, you and I have uh, times where we will break under the pressure, we'll melt under the heat, we can be cast down, but listen, but not destroyed. Because God is on our side. Hallelujah. So Jesus is crucified, he's put in the tomb. And it's the Sabbath day, so no one can move around, so they wait the next day. Early in the morning, the Bible tells us that uh, uh, Mary and others go to the tomb. And they go there, they've got spices and ointment, they want to do a proper burial on the body. But when they get there, the Bible says the stone is rolled away. And they're beside themselves. And the Bible says an angel shows up, an angelic being, and begins to declare to them, I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's risen. And then he says these words to them. And Mark 16, verse 7. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him as he said unto you. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Why and Peter? Because Peter had separated himself from the disciples. 
Hey, he didn't want to be around the, uh, those Christians anymore. He didn't want to be around believe He separated himself from God, the presence of God, the people of God, because he was ashamed that he broke under the pressure, the heat. But here, the message from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, yes, Peter, you failed. Yes, you were cast down, but you're not destroyed. You go and tell Peter. In other words, listen, it's not over. I've still got work for you to do. It's not over. You're cast down, but you're not destroyed. Hallelujah. So Jesus uh, resurrects. We know the story. He goes down by the lake there where they've all gone back fishing. Amen. And he begins to uh, call to them. They come to shore. He's got bread and fish on the fire. Then he begins to have a discourse with Peter. Begins to talk to Peter. And I imagine this is heartrending to Peter. He had broke under the pressure. And now the Savior is risen. He's face to face with him. Jesus is talking to him. Not for the purpose of condemning him. But Jesus is trying to work him through. Because we're cast down but not destroyed. So he talks to him, and we know the story, how he begins to ask him about his love for him. Because no doubt in Peter's mind, this was the big question. I thought I loved him. How could I have done that to Jesus? I knew I loved him. How could I have betrayed him like that? And finally, Jesus is talking to him. We see in John 21, 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. And here Jesus is letting Peter know, hey, listen, you're cast down, son, but you're not destroyed. I know you love me. I know that your heart is for me. You just broke under the pressure. You melted under the heat. But listen, don't worry about that. Feed my sheep. In other words, what I called you to do is still there. Your destiny is still intact. I still want to use your life. There's still work for you to do. Amen. Feed my sheep. That's what I called you for. Because we might be cast down, but we're not destroyed. And so Peter came to a place of repentance, didn't he? Lord, I broke, I blew, and I melted. But you know what? By your grace, I want to make that right. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, he says three times. And Jesus says, then just do the will of God. Because your destiny is still there. So Peter survives this. And so think about this. The pressure and the heat that broke him, the pressure and the heat is what makes diamonds, right? We said that in the beginning. The pressure and the heat makes diamonds. 
Peter has a place in his life where there was pressure and heat, but yet he survived that through repentance and the mercy of God. And so that thing that looked like a failure is now a diamond. <laughs> it's now a diamond. Glory to God. You know, when you hold a diamond and you look, every time you turn into a different way, you see a different perspective. You see a different sparkle. You see it, what you're looking at is pressure was different here. Heat was different there. The time was different here. And it made this diamond. And so now Peter's life no longer looks like a failure, but he's become that peculiar treasure. That diamond, because of the pressure and the heat and the repentance. See, if you don't repent, then you stay a failure. But if we repent, what happens is what the devil meant for evil, God turns to good. Amen. Peter now is a diamond in the hand of the master. And we know that Peter never again denied the Lord. Isn't that right? We know that eventually he was crucified. And no doubt before they put him to death, they said, Peter, if you'll deny that Christ, we'll let you live. If you deny this Christianity stuff, we'll let you live. Ah, no doubt Peter said, no, no, no. I remember this. That part of my life is sure up. That part of my life was a diamond. That pressure, that heat broke me once. But now in that place is a diamond. There's character there now. And he doesn't ever, he never again denies Christ. But in fact, he gives his life. See, God wants to make us a diamond. Oh, we'll have our failures. We'll have our meltdowns. <laughs> But when Jesus finds, when the Holy Spirit comes knocking him uh, on your door and say, listen, I know you're hiding in there. Come on, I want to talk to you for a minute. Lovest thou me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you really love me? Oh, we grieve Jesus. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Repentance and okay, I'm going to do the will of God now. That turns that life into a diamond. All oh, glory to God. We can be cast down, but not destroyed. And the key is repentance. Because listen, we're all going to fall short of the glory of God. We're all going to break under some pressure at some time. We're going to melt down under the heat and the stress of life. But thank God the Savior comes and finds us. Even though we've gone back fishing, He comes to us and helps restore us that we become diamonds in the kingdom of God, sparkling. And people say, man, they've been living for God for years. How did they do it? Amen. Their life is so wholesome, so bright so brilliant. It's all because of the pressure and the heat and the redemption of Jesus Christ. Amen. A peculiar treasure. We can be cast down but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. We want to take a moment to pray tonight. Our God is a good God tonight. Maybe you've been cast down. 
Maybe you've given in to sin. You've allowed the world to creep in and you broke, you melted, you've gone back into the world. You're not right with God. Maybe you never gave your life to Jesus. Tonight would be a good night to do that. To say yes to Christ. Maybe you're watching online tonight and you've been broken. Sin's broken you down. Man, your life is a mess. Jesus is reaching for you. He's asking you. If you repent of your sin, Jesus will turn your life around. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight. You're watching online as well. And you're not right with God. You don't know where you're going to spend eternity. You've never had your sins forgiven. But tonight, you want to fix that problem. Lift your hands and say, God, that's me. I need Jesus. I want to repent. I want my sins forgiven. I want to make heaven my home. Maybe you're backslidden. You broke under the pressure. You denied Christ. The heat was turned up. The pressure was on. And you broke. Tonight, Jesus is saying, love us, not me. Tonight, he's calling to repentance. But he can make you a diamond. Your destiny is still there. Oh, God wants to help you tonight. As a people of God, tonight, we must always understand, yes, we can be cast down, but not destroyed. Oh, destiny still awaits. Greatness still awaits because all things are possible through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God tonight. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to pray with me tonight. A simple prayer of faith. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin tonight. I believe you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. And that your blood paid the price for my sin. And Lord, tonight I want to receive you into my heart as my personal Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Deliver me, God, and set me free. And I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. The Bible says that prayer of faith It's just like Peter's profession. Thou art the Christ. Son of the living God. And Jesus says blessed are you. Because now your sins are forgiven. Your destiny. Is before you. All you have to do now is begin to live for God. And experience the graciousness. Of his spirit.